A long-awaited truth. A distress signal has been received at the Jedi Temple, and Master Plo Koon has been dispatched to investigate its origin. The signal is from a ship thought to be lost, and was last known to be in the possession of a Jedi Master, who was killed long ago. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to our 230th It's Not That Hard to Fool a Jedi episode of MandoVision. I am your host, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out our small, independent Star Wars podcast. We are so glad you're here with us today. Please reach out, follow us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like Subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? The holiday season is upon us, and we are into uh, the home stretch here, the final batch of episodes of the original run. Not even You can't even really say it's the original run, right, uh, of Star Wars The Clone Wars, because the, the, the show was canceled before Season 6 even aired. Uh, these episodes, known as The Lost Missions, dropped on Netflix. And, and uh, so... It's it's kind of hard to, I, I think in spirit it's the original run of the of the series, right? But we are in those big 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 episodes that we're going to be setting a lot of things up for what was to come uh, if season six hadn't had to stop its production and, and and cancel so many of the episodes we had to look forward to. Uh, this is one of the big ones in this sixth season. It's called the Lost Ones, and it is a reminder. Of a lot of the things we've talked about over the course of our Star Wars The Clone Wars rewatch episodes uh, is, is that the Jedi were basically caught with their pants down and have not really uh, uh, prioritized things correctly. And this episode is a painful reminder of how inept they have been uh, since The Clone Wars have started. And honestly, it goes back even further than that. And we'll, we'll talk about that as the, the revelations of this episode kind of come, come, to, come to be. Uh, and and even at, even at the beginning, don't don't worry. We're going to talk about the beginning of this episode too. And you're because like there there are legitimately head scratching things. We're just like the Jedi just let this be. The Jedi just we're like oh all right, cool cool cool, you know. So <laughs> as a sort of a investigative body, the Jedi not the best. Uh, the Batman's not going to lose any sleep over the Jedi trying to take the, the title of the, the world's greatest detectives. That's not happening anytime soon. 
<laughs> but but it's a really stellar stellar episode. I you know I I'm the guy who pulls on those those uh, 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 uh pieces of uh, loose pieces of fabric, the strings if you will, as Palpatine talks about the loose threads left behind. I'll pull on those a little bit just for funsies, just for our conversation. It doesn't take away from the fact that this episode is stellar. This is good, good stuff in here. So let's talk about it again. Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Season 6, Episode 10, The Lost Ones. Original air date, March 7th, 2014. Uh, written by Christian Taylor, directed by Brian, Brian Callan O'Connell, with another stellar, stellar cast. We get Tom Kane as our narrator and Yoda. James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi and Plo Koon. Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker. Dee Bradley Baker as the Clone Troopers. Brian George is Kaya Mundi or Silman. Tim Curry is Chancellor Palpatine Darth Sidious. Terrence T.C. Carson as Mace Windu. Ian Ruskin as Chancellor Valorum. Valorum. Yeah, that's right. Tim Curry doesn't say it right in this episode. You'll hear it. <laughs> Uh, Flo DeRee as Jocasta New and Corey Burton uh, just masterful as Count Dooku himself our plot for this episode a Jedi mission finds a lightsaber belonging to the long dead master sifo prompting Yoda, Obi-Wan and Anakin to begin an investigation into his decade old disappearance that's my first problem with this episode friends it took him a decade to be like you know what maybe we should figure out what happened to sifo he's been gone for 10 years Let's look into that. <laughs> just like, what? The Jedi do not seem to take care of their own when it comes to these situations. It's like, ten years ago, somebody reports into to the Jedi Council, "Hey, Sifo-Dyas is missing and presumed dead." All right. What? What? First head scratcher of the episode. But what can you do? But hey, it does lead into a great uh, conspiracy light kind of episode. So let's get into it. I'm ready to, to, to talk to piece, talk this episode to pieces. You know what that means, my friends. It is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Then it is the lost ship of Master Sifo-Dyas. I found this at the crash site. The lightsaber of sifo it is. Never found when he died, it was. Master Kenobi, remind the Council of what you discovered regarding Master sifo before the start of the Clone War. My investigation of the bounty hunter Jango Fett led to Kamino. The Kaminoans recounted that it was Jedi Master sifo who ordered the production of a clone army. Without the consent of the Council or the Senate, he did this. Prior to the blockade of Naboo, sifo sat on this council until we judged his ideas to be too extreme. Indeed. He said he foresaw great conflict and that the Republic would need to raise an army. At the time, the council rejected those ideas. Well, it's not the first time we've been wrong recently, is it? The creation of the clone army kept secret from us. sifo did. How this was done, we know not. Yet now, a new piece of the puzzle we have. Perhaps clarity it will bring us. Yes. There's just still so much about the creation of the clone army that that's, um, the Jedi really, really, really should have looked into. You know, the, the idea that, like, 
even even still, okay, you're like, yeah, Sifo-Dyas, he ordered the creation of this army with the, with the Kaminoans. I'm guessing he didn't pay for that out of pocket. <laughs> I'm guessing that took quite a bit of, of funding. Uh, so, you know, we just had this big banking arc. And, again, I'm sure it's dummy corporations and shell companies and all these other things, but, like, the Jedi really could have, you know, looked for a money trail here and, and, and kind of figured out where this money was coming from to to kick off the creation of the clone army. I mean, I couldn't imagine the Kaminoans waited, you know, what, what I, I'm not quite sure the term I want to use here, but I can't imagine the Kaminoans were like, oh, yeah, no, we'll get started, and then uh, when the clone army's ready and you're here to pick them up, that's when you pay. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. I, again, I'm not an intergalactic uh, cloner. I don't know how to run that business. It's not really my industry. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe they do. It's, you know, cash on receipt or something like that, you know. But it, it just feels like the Jedi have, have, have constantly whiffed at pursuing any investigative angles uh, up to this point. And now that this, this lightsaber's turned up from a, from a, a, dis, a distress signal that, that uh, you know, after 10 years is finally being detected on one of the moons of Obadiah, uh, it's... It's 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 insane to me to think that it took him this long to to figure it all out. But I digress. This is a, again, this is a great episode, and one of the aspects that I really like of it is it shows the Jedi just like how foolish they've been this entire time. You know, again, we've talked about it before in in the podcast. The cloak of the dark side has has fallen upon them, and it has been over them for a very very long time. Their perceptions have been limited for far longer than they suspect. And and that's really sort of like this again, uh kudos to Palpatine for for orchestrating this whole thing. And and the first thing he did was blind the Jedi so that they they couldn't see what was right in front of their faces. And and we'll talk a little bit more about that because that's sort of a recurring theme throughout this episode. So so buckle up cuz we are going to have some criticisms of the Jedi order. Surprise surprise for this podcast. That's what we do, right? Well, stay tuned. I got plenty more to come. So let's go ahead now. We're going to go to the next scene. We're going to check in with Jokasa Nu, who's going to kind of fill in the blanks for the audience mostly, but the Jedi too, as to what sifo was doing towards the end of his death, right? And again, we get a bit of an answer, but it's... The circumstances with which Jokasa gives us this information, there's so many... There's so much missing. There's so many vagarities to it all that, again, why would the Jedi just... Just take this as, as, as oh, Sifo-Dyas died on Felucia. Okay. Ten years ago. And they just accept it. They don't go to get his body. Nothing happens. And now they're looking into it. And they're finding all these like, things that are, uh, 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 you know, filled with question marks, riddled with missing bits of information. But let's go ahead and have Jocasta give us the skinny. That Master Sifo-Dyas died on Felucia. In the fifth quarter, a small skirmish broke out between the native Felucians. Master sifo was assigned to negotiate peace talks between the tribes. The negotiations failed, and sifo was killed. What became of his body? I'm afraid I cannot answer that. Any further information on this incident has been sealed. On whose authority? by the office of the Supreme Chancellor. Thank you, Madam Jocasta. To Felucia, Skywalker, and Kenobi, we'll go. A trail long cold, it is. Yet still lay hidden there, 
A clue might be. Question all who were present the day of Sifo-Diesa's death. You must. And what of the seal file? Speak with the Chancellor personally. I will. To see what part in this the politics of the Senate have played. Alright, so that's that all makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> again, except I feel like there's one bit of, of... Well, hmm. I guess this is right before the transition, right? So Sifo-Diesa's death would be right around the transition from Valorum to Palpatine. So I guess I can understand why Yoda goes to Palpatine first, uh, because perhaps it was, you know, right around that time. Except I feel like it'd be very easy to figure out. Uh, Sifo-Diesa died on Felucia on this date, and Palpatine was the Chancellor on this date. So it would be easy to determine that you need to go to Valorum, is what I'm getting at. Instead, what you do is you go to Palpatine and you tip him off. You've now just tipped off the Dark Lord of the Sith that you are investigating Sifo-Dyas, who was an early pawn in his schemes. Uh, and before I forget, uh, I'll probably mention it again at the end of the episode, but if you want to know more about Sifo-Dyas and what was going on with him, his relationship with, with, with Count Dooku before Dooku left the Jedi Order, I strongly recommend reading the Dooku... Uh, uh, I think it's an audio play first and then a book, but uh, Kevin Scott wrote... Uh, the, the audio play and the novelization, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. And sifo is a major character in it, and I, I recommend it highly. Uh, it, it helps fill in a lot of blanks for, for that era right before the Clone Wars begin, and, and even before Episode One. But you get, you get a lot of missing information, that background, Dooku's relationship with Qui-Gon Jinn, Dooku's relationship with Yoda, and with sifo in particular. Uh, very, very, very good stuff. But yeah, so Yoda, following this trail, is going to go to the Chancellor's office, to ask about this sealed file, and all he does is alert the Dark Lord of the Sith that they are now investigating something that Sidious, and by extension Tyrannus, thought was long buried. And that's not going to be good for anyone. May I ask when he was killed? Over ten years ago, it was. Well, that explains it. I'm afraid this was before my time. Ten years ago, I was a humble senator serving the planet Naboo. Only my predecessor, Chancellor Valorum, would have the answers you seek. I suggest you speak with him. Very well. Thank you, Chancellor. So I mostly just played that clip because I wanted you to hear Tim Curry say Valorum instead of Valorum. And also to point out that I, I feel like this is the first time uh, in the new canon that we acknowledge that Valorum is still alive because I'm very certain that in the old EU canon, shortly after... Uh, being removed from office, Chancellor Valorum dies uh, as as a sort of loose end that Palpatine wants to wants to be rid of. Um, I will I will fact check that when when we take a little break in a moment, but I'm pretty sure that is my recollection of the old EU that Chancellor Valorum bites the dust shortly after uh, uh, being booted as the Chancellor. So, uh, but it, but I think it works. This is kind of a cool. Uh, a little tie back to episode one into that that period where we're sort of introduced to the prequels is is seen of of Valorum who is uh, retired from politics by all, by all uh, uh, appearances, uh, sort of given like the, the sort of protective protection that a, a, a former presidents are are granted in in the USA. You know, uh, you know, Obama still has that has the Secret Service protecting him. Chancellor. Uh, Ex-Chancellor Valorum still has Senate guards protecting him at all times. Uh, I, I find it interesting 
that uh, Valorum chooses to stay on Coruscant, that he doesn't go back to his home planet or or because I don't think he hails from Coruscant. Again, I'll I'll fact check this a little bit more in in a, in a moment. But again, if I was booted from power, I don't think I'd stick around to Coruscant. <laughs> but but maybe you know in the in the in the midst of the Clone Wars, being at the center of everything is is where you need to be. And maybe Valorum is actually more engaged in, in the politics of the time than, than we know. Uh, there's a lot that could be figured out there, too. Uh, but Valorum's going to give us a lot of big-time information about uh, what Sifo-Dyas was ex- involved in leading up to his death on Felucia. There was actually a secret mission that he's going to fill in the blanks to uh, for, for Yoda. And that's a pretty uh, interesting scene because, uh, again, it's it's... The wheels within wheels here, you know, the political, it shows a political aspect of the Republic that we don't see too often, which is um, they're good up to some shady business and they'll, they'll drag a Jedi into it and they won't involve the Jedi Council, they won't involve the Senate, uh, you know, they'll just do these things kind of low key. And I find that interesting. And I also found the revelation that sifo is sort of like the Jedi who understands the underworld. I, I, I liked a lot of that stuff. It was very, very cool. But before we go catch up with Valorum, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin have a report for Yoda from Felucia. Let's hear that. But from what I can make out, when Master Sifo-Dyas died, he was not alone. There was a second Jedi here with him. And the name of this second Jedi? Either I don't understand them or they won't say. It's hard to tell. This is a primitive people we are dealing with. After his death, they cremated sifo body, and I'm afraid the trail goes cold there. Did you have any success with the Chancellor? Hmm. <sighs> Okay, so we'll stop it right there, because again, I have questions about this. Right, there is a lot to this that the I I, I need more. <laughs> you know, again, we open this episode with with uh, with oh my god, Plo Koon and the Clone War Troopers. I almost said Clone Wars again. The Clone Troopers and Plo Koon finding a wreckage of a T six shuttle that was the T-6 shuttle of sifo and his lightsaber is found on board. But that's not where he dies. Uh, uh, he, he, he leaves this wreckage and goes to Felucia, where he dies and is cremated without his lightsaber. That's what we're getting at here? Or is it? <laughs> no, there's so much here. It's just, it's, it's a very interesting conspiracy. And the involvement of the Felucians is part of this, is really the big question here because again I don't know why the Jedi are sort of buying this the way they are. It, it, there's so many red flags here. There's so many red flags. This this doesn't make sense, right? Like if he dies on Felucia, why is his lightsaber uh, on, on a T6 on around the moon above where the Pikes live? And surprise, surprise. The, yeah, the Pikes are about to be revealed as, as, as a big part of this conspiracy. So, the Jedi are dopes. And I guess that's what I'm getting at. Easily manipulated, easily misled, because that veil of the dark side just has them uh, just poking around in the dark for really no good reason. They're just they're not good investigators at all. Just They're bad at this investigation stuff. They really ought to be working with private investigators, professionals professionals is, is what I'm getting. They should have a, 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 like a, a Jedi liaison or, or a, a detective liaison that works with a Jedi or something like that because like these guys can't follow the clues uh, and, and, and 
They can't uh, uh, sniff out when they're being fed a line of, of, of poodoo, all right? That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, we did a little fact-checking, and yeah, uh, Finnis Valorum is from Coruscant. That is his homeworld in both canon uh, and in the Legends lore. Uh, but in Legends, he does die. Uh, <laughs> he gets blown up real good during during the Clone Wars uh, after he's been removed from office and everything like that. It's, it's a few years later, uh, but Palpatine orchestrates his demise. Uh, it's during one of Finland, uh, Quinlan Voss's investigations uh, as he's looking for the mysterious second Sith. And that a, a conversation with Bail Organa triggers uh, Finnis Valorum's ultimate demise in the old canon. But in this new one, that doesn't seem to happen, or at least it hadn't happened up to this point. So if, whether that's part of continuity still or not, I guess, remains to be seen. Uh, since it was in the old Star Wars, uh, uh, Clone Wars comics from, from Dark Horse, which are no longer in line with anything. But he died at the Battle of Jabim, which is a planet that does exist in the new canon. So, dot, 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 who's to say? But let's go ahead and find out what this Valorum has to say to Yoda. And I will uh, warn you, it's a fairly long bit of dialogue here because there's a lot of, of layers and levels to it. But let's go ahead and play it out. What can I do for you? A file sealed by your administration. The Jedi Council has come across. The subject of the file? Jedi Master sifo Dias. sifo Dias. When I was Chancellor, I sent him on a mission to deal with a flare-up in the Pike Syndicate. The Pikes? A powerful part of the Spice Cartel. Their criminal activities had allowed them to almost completely control the production of raw spice used to create a powerful drug. We were facing a full-scale war underneath the surface of Coruscant. Knowing of his expertise on the underworld, I contacted Master sifo to stabilize the problem. Know of this. The Jedi Council did not. The Senate committee assigned to the matter feared that open discussions with such a criminal element could legitimize their activities and give strength to opposition leaders within the bureaucracy. Secrecy was our only choice. The timing of these negotiations, when were they to take place? I cannot remember the precise timing, I'm afraid. It was so long ago. I do remember that the talks were postponed not long after our delegates arrived on Obadiah. Something about a flare-up of activity on Felucia. Yes. Intervene on Felucia. The Council insisted sifo Dias did. But tell me, Chancellor, who was the other Jedi you sent with sifo Dias? Other Jedi? I know of no other Jedi. There was only my personal aide, Silman, and sifo Dias. I'm afraid they were both killed on Felucia. Personal aide? Silman? Now Yoda leaves with even more questions. Uh, my first question is like, Wait, seriously, Yoda hadn't heard of the Pike Syndicate? All right, moving on. But yeah, now we've now this this supposed second Jedi that Anakin and Obi Wan uh, heard about on Felucia uh, is revealed to not have been a Jedi at all, but this advisor to or this assistant even advisor assistant I can't remember what word they used uh, to Chancellor Valorum Silman uh, was with Sifo-Dyas on Felucia. For these negotiations, these you know, to settle down these warring factions on Felucia, and so again, our, our Yoda is 
beset with more questions than he has answers to, and every answer seems to yield three to four more questions. Uh, so now it's time to check in with our bad guys, because again, as we said, Yoda has now tipped off Darsidious that they are investigating the death of Sifo-Dyas, which, uh, for all of his plans, that's not something he really wants to have happen at this particular moment in time. Uh, and we'll, t- we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So <laughs> let's, let's see what happens here, because I, li- I, li- I like this sequence quite a bit. Tell me, why do the Jedi look for Sifo-Dyas? What trail are they following? If there is a trail, it is unknown to me. Retrace your steps, find this loose end, and eliminate it. I understand what is at stake, my lord. I will go to the pikes and take care of it. This is not the first time you have proven to be clumsy, Lord Tyrannus. You know the price of failure. So listen to that great score right there. That's good stuff right there. And and a force choke? Come on. Doesn't get more dark side than that, does it? Good, good stuff happening in this episode. All right, so now we go back to the Jedi Temple where our heroes are sort of processing all this information, right? All these all these different leads, all the the mounting uh, information they're getting and and Honestly, they're not liking the the shape of things, and I think Obi Wan lays it out the best because uh, earlier in the, in the sequence they lay out that no one's heard of the Silman guy, so Silman wasn't on Felucia then, right? So there's another attacker, there's another person, another Jedi still that we have to figure out on Felucia. The conspiracy in this episode is uh, wonderful in in many many regards. the The Jedi's uh, pursuit of it is clumsy, <laughs> as as Sidious called Tyrannus. Uh, the Jedi's pursuit of this is is um, again. I find their I find their investigative skills laughable. Let's go ahead and let Obi Wan lay it all out here, and and, and and let's let's just do it. So we have one dead Jedi with no physical evidence of a body, a second Jedi who appeared on Felucia that we have no record of, and now this Silman, personal attaché to the Chancellor, is missing. Yet now we know Sifo-Dyas and Silman were both on Obadiah according to Chancellor Valorum. The crashed shuttle I found was located on the moon which orbits the Pike planet. Hmm. To the Pikes, you must go. To Obadiah, yes. I would imagine the Pikes also have a lot of control over their system, specifically around their homeworld of Obadiah. And, and so did... did Plo Koon and the, and the clones ask for permission to go to the moon and, and find this this distress signal? Or did they just show up? I have... Oh, I wonder. I, there's just so many questions I have. But this sequence here, Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, before the, the head of the Pike Syndicate, is just absolutely delightful. I enjoy it quite a bit. We'll go ahead and play that for you next. So now it's time for the Pikes to lay out their role and everything. Again, somewhat of a fairly long exchange here, but uh, vital for this episode. So let's go ahead and play it. The Pikes wanted to gain an advantage over the other crime families. So alliances were made. One alliance was with a man named Tyrannus. I've heard that name before. Jango Fett mentioned it during my Camino investigation. Tyrannus wanted Siphodius dead. The Pikes were well paid to shoot down his ship. 
However, any man that is willing to pay to have a Jedi killed is dangerous and unpredictable. The Pikes inspected the crash to retrieve the Jedi's body for proof. But with the dead Jedi, the Pikes found another still alive. Silman, the Chancellor's aide. The Pikes gave Tyrannus Siphodius, but the Pikes did not tell Tyrannus of Silman. The Pikes needed insurance. Insurance? Yes, and now the Pikes can bargain. We give you Silman. You forget about the Pikes' treachery against the Jedi. Alright, so again, I go back to the question I asked earlier. Why? <sighs> Clearly, Tyrannus took the body of Sifo-Dyas, concocted a story uh, with one of these Felucian tribes that was at war, and, and ten years later, they're able to still they still hold to it uh you know what's i was I, i'm curious what sort of threats tyrannus made uh so that the that the Felucians stick to this story after so long uh or that even the people that are alive remember to stick to this story after 10 years it's it's uh, unique so clearly tyrannus is the second villain or the second jedi on felucia at this time unbeknownst to the jedi council but it it, it does does Dooku solve the problems of this pollution conflict for them on their behalf? I mean, it's they remember Sifo-Dyas, or at least they remember the story that they were supposed to remember Sifo-Dyas. I, I just I just have questions. I just have questions. I mean, you could just make Sifo-Dyas disappear, period, and 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 have it just be an unending mystery, like what happened to Sifo-Dyas? Throw his body on a black hole and be done with it. You know, feed him to a bunch of Gundarks, never to be seen again. Uh, it, it, it's, it's overly complicated in that aspect. You know, it, it, it's, sure, I, I, I guess you, they're, they're, I feel there's easier ways to make Sifo-Dyas be dead that wouldn't point to any one thing in particular. But they chose this route. They involve these Felucians. Again, this is probably the part of the conspiracy that's like the thinnest to me because um, it feels like it's a little extra. But involving the Pikes, that's pretty cool. So the Pikes are the ones who shoot down the ship. That makes the most sense. It's on their moon. That makes the most sense. Um, them not recovering the lightsaber. Yeah, all right. I'll let it slide. And now we find this Silman character who, well, <laughs> he's a bit of an odd duck. This is a really dark kind of moment for, for Star Wars The Clone Wars, I think, what they do with this character who's been isolated in the cell for 10 years. He's friends with the bugs that now crawl all over him and live in his beard and on the side of his face, and it's kind of gross. It's 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 actually really gross. It's really, really gross, but I enjoy Anakin and Obi-Wan trying to have a conversation with a crazy person, so I'm going to go ahead and play that for you next. Quick, maybe you have some food. Have, have, you, have you any food? Of course. Oh! Oh, oh, thank you, my friend. A, a supply bar. Mm, mm, delicious. You see, I was so frightened, I would have nothing to serve. Oh, oh. Serve? My, my babies. They get so angry when I have nothing to serve. We might have a problem here. And that problem would be in the form of Count Dooku, a.k.a. Darth Tyrannus, arriving in Obadiah, to silence Silman permanently 
And again, we, like the Ahsoka Tano episodes uh, in which he's framed for murder by, by Barriss Afi, <laughs> Anakin and Obi-Wan just stand there while a person is being force choked to death. So apparently, like, you can't, is, is there no counter to a force choke? Uh, it's, they don't think to look behind them to see, like, hey, wait a second, that looks like someone's getting force choked. Maybe there's someone behind me. It's, it's sort of one of these baffling moments. And it's, it isn't until they turn around that uh, all sins revealed. And then we get to, like, a really glorious climax for the episode. Oh, and before we get to that, I have to mention, Dooku's arrival on Obadiah is just so excellent as he uh, disembarks from his shuttle and the Pike guards try to tell him, like, hey, Tyrannus, you're no longer welcome here. And he just, with the, with the, with the simplest fling of his wrist, uses the force to just throw these guards right off of the, over, uh, the, 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 the bridge that they're on. It just throws them down to the chasm. <laughs> it's just awesome. That is some dark side stuff that I really, really enjoyed. Good, good stuff. But now we're going to go ahead. We'll get to that sequence here where uh, Dooku reveals... Actually, I'm going to let it play out just a little bit because uh, Silman does have some interesting things that I want to kind of get into here. So let's, let's hear the final moments of Silman uh, before Dooku reveals. Who was responsible? Someone powerful. Someone who, who wanted to be Cypherdeus. <laughs> Can't you see? B because, because. Yeah, so here's the force joking, as we mentioned. Dooku, for once you actually came to do your own dirty work. Sometimes things are just that important. All right, so this kicks off a really great action sequence to close out the episode. A, a wonderful lightsaber battle between uh, Dooku, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Uh, we got a glimpse of it, obviously, through episode two. Uh, but we've seen more of it through Star Wars The Clone Wars. And I've really become a big fan, uh, particularly of the animated version, of, of Count Dooku's uh, lightsaber skills. Like, they are just very, very impressive. And, and while it's been on my wish list for a long time to do an episode dedicated to uh, the, the seven forms of lightsaber combat, um, seeing the, the three different forms on display here by, by three masters of them uh, is very, very impressive. Like I said, I really have grown to, uh, to appreciate uh, Dooku's Form 2, also known as uh, Makashi, because uh, the way in which he executes it, right, the, the, the way in which he composes himself, the economy of movement, which is similar to Form 3, which is what Kenobi uses. But his sort of command presence of it, the way he holds his arm behind his back and engages with one hand around the cylinder of his, of his saber, uh, very, very cool. And again, like you said, Kenobi using Form 3, uh, also known as Sorosu, uh, similar to Form 2, but a little bit more. It's, uh, I believe Form 3 was sort of res uh, developed as a response to the, the widespread growth of blasters in the galaxy. So it's a very defensive combat. Uh, and then again, you have An then you have Anakin's with Form 5. Uh, also what Ahsoka is used because they master an apprentice, Durr. <laughs> so, and the Form 5 is, is the Gem, uh, Gem So, I believe, is the other 
name for the form. Uh, but it's a more physically demanding, a more uh, a aggressive style of lightsaber combat, uh, which suits Anakin very, very well. So seeing these three forms on display in this episode, uh, really, really very cool stuff. Check out the combat sequence in here. It's a real highlight of the episode, and this, this brings a really strong... Uh, uh, ending here and I'm going to get to the big moment here in just a minute so so hang tight but before we get to it again watch this sequence it is awesome lightsaber combat good good stuff all right here it is late uh, 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 as the lightsaber battle continues on this uh, uh, outlook overcrop I don't know what you want to call it it's exposed to the environment of Obadiah Obadiah and now the pikes arrive on the scene and they're about to connect the dots for the Jedi, <laughs> and ooh, baby, oh baby, the look on Kenobi's face. You have no business left with the Pikes Tyrannus. Tyrannus? You are the man called Tyrannus? I told you everything you needed to know on Geonosis all those years ago, Kenobi. You should have joined me. Sifo-Dyas understood. He saw the future. That is why he helped me. You lie. Minister Lom, if you're going to help us, now is the time. Kill Tyrannus! Alright, it's a great sequence. And guess what? Dooku escapes, kills Minister Lom of the Pikes, and now he has left the Jedi with so much head-scratching information. <laughs> it's... It's, it's Again, it's a really great sequence. Check it out. His escape, Anakin's pursuit, uh, the way he crashed and disables that freighter to make his getaway again. Uh, it's, it's excellent. It's so gosh darn good. And I just, I just am absolutely blown away by the, by the finale of this. But let's go ahead and, and play like a really crucial bit of, of information because, again, Dooku referenced it. He's like, hey, hey, Kenobi, I told you all this stuff. Back on Geonosis, a.k.a. Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. So what did he say exactly? Let's go ahead and play it. Qui-Gon Jinn would never join you. Don't be so sure, my young Jedi. You forget that he was once my apprentice, just as you were once his. He knew all about the corruption in the Senate, but he would never have gone along with it if he had learned the truth as I have. The truth? The truth. What if I told you that the Republic was now under the control of the Dark Lord of the Sith? No, that's not possible. The Jedi would be aware of it. The dark side of the Force has clouded their vision, my friend. Hundreds of Senators are now under the influence of a Sith Lord called Darth Sidious. I don't believe you. The Viceroy of the Trade Federation was once in league with this Darth Sidious. But he was betrayed ten years ago by the Dark Lord. He came to me for help. He told me everything. You must join me, Obi-Wan. And together, we will destroy the Sith. I will never join you, Dooku. Alright, there you go. That's all you need to know from that. But, again, Dooku laid it out. He put it all on front street. And Obi-Wan denies it. It's like, nah, that's good. Nah, blah, 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 blah. Rah, bah, bah. Rah, bah, bah. Not going to happen. All right, so 
Now it's time for the fallout of this episode as Anakin and Obi-Wan report back to the Jedi Council on everything they've just learned. And again, the, 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 the hood being pulled over the eyes of the Jedi and what they are about to do next. Oh, oh, let's check it out. No, now we do. That guide the creation of the clones from the beginning. Dooku did. Hmm. Our enemy created an army for us. If this was known, public confidence in the war effort, the Jedi, and the Republic would vanish. There would be mass chaos. Cover up this discovery. We must. No one, not even the Chancellor, may know. Valiant men the clones have proven to be. Save my life and yours. They have many times. Believe in them. We must. Win the war swiftly. We must. Before our enemies' designs reach completion. Whatever they may be. Are you sure we are taking the right path? Hmm. The right path? No. The only path? Yes. Designed by the Dark Lord of the Sith. This web is. For now, play his game. We must. I mean, this is like a terrifying admission, right? The 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 Jedi Council is gonna suppress this information. They're gonna cover this all up. They're gonna pretend it never happened. And somehow they think that by doing this, by keeping like the quote unquote status quo, like what's going on? You know, you're already involved in this dark web of the of the of the Sith. And your plan is to go along with it. What? <laughs> like what? That again, Mace asks him, is this the right path? And Yoda says, no, probably not, but it's the only path. You got to figure out something else. You can't you don't know what the end game is here. You there's all these things happening. We're seeing it all in this season. Now, and and the Jedi are slow to react, slow to put things together, and their plan is to be like we're just gonna go we'll fake it till we make it. They're not gonna make it at all. There will be no <laughs> no saving the Jedi. They are on this path, and they are staying on this path despite it being the exact path that Darth Sidious wants them on. I don't like this plan for the Jedi. I have a feeling it's not gonna work out. Just call it a hunch. I don't know. It's not going to work out. Oh, boy. These Jedi, there are some real head scratchers. Now, do, do I think that they can go to the Senate and just, like, re reveal all of this? And there not be some sort of, again, as is sort of predicted, like some sort of massive fallout? Yeah, probably so. But maybe it'd be enough to disrupt Sidious's plans so that the entire Jedi Order doesn't fall to its knees. Uh, and 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 not like in the Christmas song kind of way, like good grief! Oh, the Jedi, they had they had it coming, they just had it coming. I can't, I can't, you can't fight this stuff again. Your plan is to go along with the plan that the bad guy wants you on. All right, okay, sure about that. You sure about that? Anyways, <laughs> it is a great episode. It really, really is. I absolutely love this episode. It is the rare 10-bucket episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Absolutely love it. It's it's head-scratching in many ways that the, de the Jedi never suspected that Tyrannus and, and Count Dooku were the same person. 
but now that all stands revealed and they have all the egg on their face, we cannot do anything but but celebrate the awesomeness of this episode. Ten bucket episode. All right? And uh, again, this is... Uh, technically, this episode sort of kicks off uh, like a big four-part arc that uh, brings season six to a, a, a premature conclusion. But these are the completed episodes. This is what we get. Um, but I also think this is a great standalone episode that you could show somebody who maybe doesn't want to watch Star Wars. They're like, Star Wars animated, what do I care? This is a great episode of, of Star Wars to watch. Like, this would be an episode I think would, would get people on board with, with checking out Star Wars animation. Just a thought of mine. All right? I don't know. Well, we'll be back next week. we got three more episodes in this, this season to cover. Uh, Yoda's about to go on a big vision quest. And it's an important one, too. Like, these are important episodes as well. So, so don't think this is the highlight of Season 6, because there's a lot to come still that is of import to the Star Wars mythology at large. All right? Uh, just a reminder, though, hey, check us out on social media. We still do some stuff over there. At Mando underscore Vision Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, mandovisiontom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If your podcasting platform gives out, uh, lets you do reviews, write us up a nice review. Give us some sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They really help small independent shows like us not get crushed by the Pike Syndicate. I, I truly, truly appreciate your help with that, all right? Uh, Buckethead Nation, you continue to be uh, amazing supporters, and I do the show solely for you all because you're the only ones that matter to me. All right, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope everyone's having a nice, happy, and safe holiday season. We will be with you through the month of December. No interruptions planned. Thank goodness. And <laughs> right to the New Year's. We'll be here with you guys throughout the New Year, wrapping up Season 6 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. All right, so we'll be back next week. Yoda's Vision Quest begins. Stay tuned. It's going to be great. All right. Remember, Bucketheads, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way.